You want to do it? You want to do it? Fuck you! probably have told you this a million times but like the the very first video that i ever downloaded from the internet was the original five minute south park short jesus versus santa claus oh yeah <laughs> yeah and it, it it literally like i hit download went to bed and eight hours later i woke up in the morning and it, it, it five minute video had to the five minute fucking right five minute Four, video took eight hours to download 45 and it, this, megabyte this video like a, or a 28k uh rural 28k modem and I, I didn't even know you could download videos and i was like there's no way that because if your internet connection goes out the video just stops downloading right and right. the idea of like the connection not going out over the over an entire span of eight hours was unheard of you know like fucking Man, somebody fucking calls times. you on the phone and your internet drops you know <laughs> right i was like and oh now, my and god now it- a video i downloaded a five minute video and it only took eight hours i remember you used to just like download a picture like just a picture like of whatever like you literally would take you know three hours to download a fucking you know a, yeah. a fucking five megabyte jpeg of of like whatever you know <laughs> i remember um i you know back, back when it was like hey I, wh- where when is my favorite band gonna come into town someday you know and you had to like go to the band's website like their own website to find out shit like that and i went to like the stone temple pilots website and like the background was just like it it looked like a like a generic teenage boys bedroom at night with like black light posters but Uh there was like candles and they were like animated and i was like oh my god the candles are animated holy shit (laughs) and then 20 minutes later when the when the website loaded you're like oh wait fuck they don't even put their dates oh yeah it was it was like it like like first the top of the page would start coming down and then like another minute like another inch of the page had loaded and like (laughs) dark fucking times so hilarious so hilarious all right are you good to go i'm ready all right. Let's get off here. All right. <clears throat> Welcome to Left of the Throne, a Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon review podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Season eight was the best season. We're just going to open with that. God damn it. I'm going to fucking die on this hill. <laughs> so it's like we woke up out of a fucking time capsule like yes we're not three years ago kicking this fucking horse (laughs) the horse that was brought back to life by the lord of light that nobody previously on left of the thrones (laughs) yeah so anyone who doesn't know uh three years ago we reviewed each episode of season eight uh and and i think we started in seven actually even 
if, if I'm we? not mistaken. I believe we. I remember doing at least a good chunk of seven. So I believe we did at huh. least two years worth of review. I could be wrong, but you could um, have just been. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I thought there was such a lag between those two seasons that we weren't even. I wasn't even on the podcast back then. So maybe or maybe, maybe we reviewed the finale, or maybe we reviewed season seven in totality. Before I think you know. I feel eight. like we did. We did like a recap of the whole show. So like an like a season right. eight episode zero kind of an episode. Yeah, yeah, that might be right. Yeah, and you know, and I remember watching all of season eight, and it was like finally they're delivering all of the shit that they've been setting up for seven years. And you know, you watch those fan videos of people. You know, like that the video of like three hundred people at the bar when fucking Aria stabs the Night King, and they're like. <gasps> go fucking insane it's like yes that's exactly how i reacted and then the internet's like this was bad writing so like, i couldn't what? see i couldn't, I couldn't see. see anything like what so the fuck yeah is- <laughs> we actually got another video like that this week sort of you saw the video of like the, the guy outside of like the new york i think it was new york city apartment building where literally he was standing out there filming and because nobody in new york has fucking drapes for some reason right. um and you could see like a good 30 to 40 percent of the building all like changed like you know like the flash like the flashing yeah. of their tv was exactly yeah. it was clearly like house of the dragon like all watching at the same time <laughs> maybe that's what it is it's like people that live in cities are like cinematically illiterate and understand what good writing and good storytelling is and then people who live in the suburbs who wanted the show to be lord of the rings are just like that it's bad writing if luke skywalker doesn't get to fly on the millennium Fe-, you know like whatever the fu- yeah. whatever their fucking headcanon I is know. i mean i i heard a lot of like fucking la you know podcast you know review douchebags who also did, didn't like see I, I think i think there was a I lot mean, of la is one know. giant suburb though but yeah that's <laughs> that's the yeah that's barely true. barely a, a city it's the most uh, suburban city and yeah that's yeah, that's true it, but literally 500 square miles so like yeah that's <laughs> right <laughs> it has um, two it has two different downtowns that's not a city so just, you know I think, yeah, I think, you know, if you've if you've been with with Left of the Throne before, you know, you understand that we uh, very much enjoyed the last uh, the entirety of Game of Thrones. I mean, it's, you know, and the last two seasons included. Um, I was watching some of season six last night and I'm just like, this is phenomenally good. And people shit on six, too. Now I saw like yeah. a couple of things. And I'm like, what? That season six was fucking Battle of the Bastards. Like you, can, that's like maybe the best episode of the entire it's fucking one series. Of the single, yeah. I mean, that, that, that the last, the the not the very last episode of season six because they always kind of like you know the last episode of this of so the, penultimate is always like is, the big is one. Always like yeah, but like the the episode right before that is the the one of the most harrowing <clears> foot <throat> chases I've ever seen put to film with Arya uh, and the the fucking the chick that is chasing her through the whole. Oh city. yeah. We're, I forgot about um, that whole the weird. Yeah, that's in, no that, that's in the episode right it. before Battle of the Bastards, too. And it's just like, how is any of this not good to you? you know, is, fucking is it Ramsey just... Bolton, you know, maybe the best <laughs> fucking, you know, villain ever put to, to celluloid or whatever the fuck they shoot this on. Uh, one of the best, certainly. I mean, finally fucking, you know. Just, just tremendous. Yeah, I, yeah. It's crazy that people the, the shit fucking on giant getting taken down by like a thousand arrows, and you're so like, cool. okay, fuck, that's like brutal. And then John somehow has magic where he can, you know, <laughs> block arrows that come towards him with that shield. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't like standing that far away, but still. Uh, but and, yeah, and, and I mean, just this is one of the great shots in game in in TV history. Him fucking staring on the entire charging fucking you know Bolton army. Yeah. 
And then all of a sudden the, the fucking Knights of the Vale or whatever come and save, but like where he's like, you know, resigned to it and he stands off and he pulls his fucking just sword be, out. Like, it's so good. Being crushed, almost crushed to death under just like the bodies of, uh-huh. you know, like oh, how to like, just logistically, like would you, would you commit to something like that? And you think, how do we film this? How do we film one of the most realistic barbaric battle scenes that's ever been done and make sure that nobody actually gets hurt in real life. That must have been so miserable to film. Like I can only imagine (laughs) because it's literally like just, just being the worst mosh pit of your life where you're just suffocating for, you know, yeah, and, and obviously they have, you know, magic CGI and all that, but like you got to make it look real and none of it looks like it's CGI. All of it looks fucking real. Yeah. And, and just, you know, it, you, you go through that, you go through, you know, <laughs> just the, just the comedy of it, too. When uh, when the hound catches up with the, the fucking guys that kill all of his, his friends that were building the building the church. Right. Yo, yeah. And they're, and they're like bargaining over, like, how many of them he gets to kill or not. <laughs> He's like, I want to kill all three. He's like, you can only have two. <laughs> it's just, it is such a fucking funny scene. Um. Rory McCann, I, I mean, just such as the hound, such a huge fucking presence. And we are going to review House of the Dragons, by the way, but we got we <laughs> we're, gotta... we're, we're just we're just trying to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing about House of the Dragon for almost everybody, you don't see any shit about season seven, season eight complaint like that. Like, that's really some, not something I really saw. Ten million people watch this premiere. It, it's right. the biggest I... premiere that HBO has ever had. So. Don't tell me that the, the brand of this franchise right was dead, you know, per, you know was, whatever was dying. Don't tell me the majority of people that like this show didn't like the, the final season of this. It's it's a very vocal, I, I angry minority of people. The people that will like review bomb websites and say, well, look, it's only got this percent score on Metacritic. It's like that's a bunch of fucking bullshit anyway. And I really think people talk themselves into it after the fact just because it was like, well, I mean, so many people are saying it sucked. I mean, I guess I didn't really like it as much, but. I don't remember any of the, these fucking complaints during like, other than like, oh, I can't see it. Like during the long night, like I was like, that episode was fucking amazing. Like everything that happened in yeah. the episode was. I, I have a perfect, screenshot you know. of what was trending on Twitter back when they actually showed you what as what was actually trending and not what they, you know, people paid to have trending. Right. And I have a screenshot of that from the finale, <clears> the, <throat> the very final episode. And the top 10 trends were each name of every single character in the episode. <laughs> So to right. tell me it wasn't popular, really? <laughs> like right. it was, it was, it was trending because people didn't like I it. I mean, and ultimately, and again, like I, we won't spend every episode of this show talking about idiots who didn't like season eight. But I mean, again, I think ultimately it all boils down yeah. to like they had their own fucking head cannon. Like their 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 candidate <laughs> was Daenerys Targaryen, and they're upset that the thing that the show foreshadowed from fucking season one, episode one, actually happened, and the thing that's always been true about the Targaryens that they have way too much fucking ambition for their own good uh, is what came to pass. And, you know, it, it's I, they were, they just couldn't kind of get over the fact that that's not what they wanted for that character because they grew to love that actress. And I totally understand that. But again, I understood that. that and I also fully f- understood that that's where that character right. was fucking going. That's like, what it was made very the character obvious. good was because the character was flawed in ways that other characters recognize that she did not recognize in herself. Right. The way that things are mm. in real life. <laughs> so, and, you know, you, you could argue that, you know, we're, we're going to see another character who it's going to be another like, will she, won't she, you know, like the, like the, like the saying every time 
another Targaryen is born, God flips a coin. It's going to be like, is this person going to make the same mistakes? <laughs> was that a Bron quote? I forget who said that. Uh, well, maybe, I mean, it was, was sort Tyrion. of like a. I know it's it, like a saying in the in the universe. It was but. well. So Varys says it to John okay. at one point, but I'm right, no. Right. I know it's said a couple other times throughout the show. You're but right, that was bro. the whole thing. Is is it, like you know, Danny was corralled by having good advisors that kept reinforcing her good nature and once they were all gone there was nothing to hold her back right so that's right. that's where the show went um, and which which was obviously a huge tip off to the fact that she was not a, a, a she was not a capable leader or not a capable noble leader if she constantly right. had to be talked out of her worst impulses you know what i mean like right so exactly. it's not like this came out of nowhere this has literally but, been foreshadowed th- for I think years it's relevant but... i think it's really relevant too to this show house of dragons because she basically her whole ambition was to have what the main character in this show or at least the first episode already has right and doesn't seem to really be all that interested in which is the great you know I, right so she, it, she wants the things that Arya wanted <laughs> right which is fucking great it's a great twist on that that sort of archetype because obviously uh, uh and just just fair warning folks we're gonna we're gonna do our best with names i literally have like a a picture cheat sheet oh, in front of me because these fucking yeah names. I, i'm not gonna know any of their names till, i'm, like, I'm the sorry third season <laughs> george r, r. martin like renera renaris Ren- what's the other one lady reina i mean give me a fucking break like jesus christ george also the evil character as daemon targaryen d-a-e-m-o-n like basically one letter off from date come on man like you gotta do a little bit do a little more work than this this is like first draft it's it's weird how the evil kid in the movie the omen was named damien like Like, maybe if you didn't name him the fucking nickname of satan he wouldn't have killed you so Yes, yeah, so, I mean, so no, I mean, goofy names aside, it, it is somewhat. You know, I can't talk too much shit. I am Anthony Monterullo Jr. My uncle is Michael Anthony Monterullo the third. So real people do do this uncreative shit with naming. I get it, but I mean, it's a TV show, man. Help us out a little bit. Give us oh, some. So, give us some interesting names. Is, I mean, I love that. Like the names have like each different house or each different nation. The names fit. You know, like a, a what, what's, what's archetype the word? or. Well, uh, the study of language, the study of names, not yeah, etymology, etymology. Et- et- etymology. Right. So they all kind of follow a certain pattern, right? They all they all kind of kind of track like that. But <laughs> like, there's the all tra- kinds of really bizarre names. Like I was okay, so clearly there's a really uh, difficult scene to watch in this episode and it right several, but yes, I know which one. So yeah. So I started doing one. some research. I was like, how how dangerous were C sections? back before we had modern medicine and and i dove down a little rabbit hole last night i was like didn't they have forceps like always and it turns out no forceps were invented or potentially stolen uh from from somebody who actually may have actually invented them or they were bought and the the family of male midwives uh who refused to like share with the world this thing they had were making tons of money by having this secret way to uh, you know, pull a baby out of a womb if they were, you know, a, a breech baby, right? Um, without having to do a C-section and kill the mother. And you'd think like that's, you know, medical efficacy. You would want the whole world to know that. And they were like, nope, we're going to keep that to themselves. But the three brothers that made up this family that were doing this were all named Peter. <laughs> all three of them. This is how fucking weird people were back in the day. This is like the 1600s in like the Netherlands basically so <laughs> their father was yeah, the george and, and, foreman of you know, the fucking they didn't have patents back then so there was no money in sharing it right. information about like hey here's these little fucking 
you know, hot dog tongs. You can pull a baby out and not, you know, cut the woman's uterus open and bleed to death. But yeah, no, it was like a C-section. I mean, obviously the show is not actual history. It's a fictional world that sort of mirrors medieval times in Europe. But like it was it was actually a law back then that you had to perform a C-section if you thought the baby was going to die, knowing full well it would kill the mother, like almost every time. And there was, I think, what I found, there was one reported case of a woman surviving a C-section in the 1500s, but it wasn't reported on until 80 years after it supposedly happened, so historians don't, there's no credibility to that. Right, and it may have not even been like, it may have been like, oh, all right, whatever, I guess we could save her. If it, like, right. I'm sure that wasn't even the intent. It was just like, kill the mother, I mean, th- get there, the baby there were no. Out. Exactly, exactly. And that's what's so good about this scene. And I, I'm going to talk more about this, too. But it's like, you know, you, you some people are going to watch this and go, oh, well, of course, that's the choice he had to make. He was the king and he needed his male son and heir. And it's like that. But he didn't even ask his wife to say, hey, like, is it cool if I fucking kill you? <laughs> right. It was just this kid that may or may not even be a male heir. Yeah, I and- love you. We're going to fucking cut the baby out of you. It was, it was the ultimate coward move for a character that's been shown to be somewhat noble, but ultimately not fit to be a king and, and sort of a coward, which, you know. Right. And she was still clearly conscious, you know, I right. mean, she was, you know, kind of in and out of it. But, you know, like they, you know, and, and that's what's so good about this show. And it is the same show. This is Game of Thrones. It's on the fucking title card. It, right? it, it, it's amazing how much. I didn't even think of this as not game. You know what I mean? Like that's the great. And that's, I think the reason people are so fucking in on this show is because immediately it's just game of Thrones. Like it's not all the fucking names that you remember. It's, it's just, you know, all the, all the locations, the fucking vibe, the music it's, it's game of Thrones. They even start out with joust, (laughs) you know? Right. Like, although I kind of want to know like this, this, amazing set piece of this joust with this sort of like oval shaped stadium. Like what, what happened to that? Like where did it, did it well, burn a down? Lot, well, I mean, a lot, <laughs> like what? well, no, I, mean, I know it, that they didn't have the budget for that kind of a thing. <laughs> well, you the saw the side by side of like Rob Brath, Robert Brathian's busted ass fucking tournament compared to this amazing, you know, little round feet, like, uh, you know, jousting fucking stadium <laughs> versus like the little bleachers that Baratheon had set up. But I mean, th- that's a, the way they explain it, you know, is like, oh, well, you know, the, it wasn't the, the crown, the kingdom wasn't nearly as well off, you know, during uh, Robert Baratheon's reign. Oh, yeah. I mean, cities have booms and busts or anything, but, but yeah, we, we know the real reason is like, you but know, right. This wasn't shot as a pilot, whereas well, the original pilot was shot as a pilot. I think there was a, actually a, a, a early version of G- the game of Thrones original pilot that was never aired. That yeah, they shot with different it, actors. It, yeah, and they shot it, and it was like they were <clears> like, <throat> "No, no, we don't want to make this a show." And then they like reshot a pilot with, like you said, different actors, and they were like, "Yes, now we do." <laughs> there were there were some crossover, but there were like a significant number of main characters that weren't in the same roles. Um, yeah. But it, but you know, also, I mean, the in canon, one of the in canon explanations is like a lot of the shit burned down and all the, this, the fighting, the civil war to come and things like that. Like the dragon pit, you know, is we haven't seen it yet. I don't believe on the show or maybe we got a glimpse of it, but it's, it's fully intact and like a massive thing. Well, we in saw the outside the dragon. You right. Well, we didn't like see in detail, but like, but yeah. when you see it in game of Thrones in season seven, season eight, it's in ruins, but that's only because like nobody's been using it. You know, th- that was like used to be the fucking right. stables for the dragons. And like after the Targaryens got booted, you look at like, you know, repair. 
ancient uh, Greek buildings, and they're all in ruins, mostly just because of earthquakes. <laughs> you know, they were they were built to last a long time, but you know, you get, you have a seven point oh eight point oh earthquake, and you know that shit's going to fall down. So, well, and and most importantly, I mean, this you know, and I, and again, so let me preface this by saying I have not read Fire and Blood. I'm trying to avoid it and avoid spoilers from it because the entirety yeah, well, of books. this <laughs> no, <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I, lo- I love reading, but the entirety of the story is written and I'm trying very hard to not get anything spoiled for me because but I do want to be able to, isn't it not really like written like a work of fiction, but that, more so like a, it's like, like a Atlas kind so of which, thing, which is great. So yeah, so that it's very much a very droll, very dry. It, it's an in-universe book. That was that was like commissioned by Robert Baratheon from one of the Maesters as like a history of the Targaryen civil war. Oh, my head so, hurts. <laughs> well, no, so it's like it's written. It's written like a fucking right. like the Bible almost or like a history book from somebody but, who wasn't there firsthand. George wrote it, though, right? Yes. Yes. But in universe, like it, that's what the book is. It's a book that right. was commissioned like a history book, you know. Like, like even in this fucking show, there's like, oh, you know, I love like, the history. He, he, like he knew he was never going to finish the books. He was like, I got to I got to draft an outline so I can fucking cash in and stop writing. It. <laughs> so, right. So it's very I mean, it's amazing. I saw a passage and I, I I lost it. I don't have it with me. But the 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 description of of um of uh, Amos, I think that's her name, it, Viser- the king's wife, Viserys's wife, her her death and childbirth is like a paragraph. And it's very like. Very droll and very dry, and right. There's not dialogue necessarily in well, the book. I mean, it's very I, much I love, a bare bones. I love how like all the maesters in this thing like don't know fucking shit about medicine. They're just right. like, what's that thing? I don't know. It could be I don't know. Fucking be, send a crow. We'll go find out. And, if we oh, we had to cut they, some broad open ones. Even when they do the cesarean, it's like they're cutting open her entire fucking torso. Like, they oh yeah, no. Like, why would you do that? There's the no under the belly incision. They just fucking slice her up like most, Freddy. Most Kruger. of what's in there is just liquid. You only need like. A, like a maybe a four or five inch incision you're fucking, fucking cutting her open or like a watermelon <laughs> right right <laughs> no it, it, it's insane but so yeah. Uh, but yeah so i mean the book fire and blood is very much like a reference book it's not a narrative story and that's actually kind of the other great thing about this show is like the this show uh, whoever put the show together did a like the whoever you know put this team together to make the show really took like all the best writers producers directors from game of thrones uh yeah and 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 you know was like here fucking cook because all the dialogue all the characterization is fucking great and really none of it is there in the text it's right. very vague so you can't have fucking to. uber nerds be like well it's not as good as the season with the book first you know it's just it, you can't have any of that kind of criticism which i right also think is just you know ridiculous like you know look at jurassic park the movie versus jurassic park the book they're they could not be more dissimilar. <laughs> that doesn't right. mean that doesn't mean each aren't both good in their own ways. It just it's it's like right in the second know, Jurassic like, Park like, book, like Fight Club, Fight Club. Chuck Palahniuk thinks that the movie Fight Club is better than his book, right? It's, and it is, know, and I, and the book's is, very absolutely. good, but it but it's iconic movie. But so I mean, and that's ultimately what's what's great about the show is that it's 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 letting those those you know people work within a framework, but really get to kind of cook on their own and create this fucking awesome world and these awesome interesting characters you know of, of who we'll get into but i mean ultimately i don't think it's a spoiler to say that this is all leading to the dance of dragons which is the targaryen civil war which predates uh like the events of game of thrones by 100 and i mean 
it's it's literally in the opening narration. They did they right. just outright say it. So right, 170 year or well or however many years. I think this episode is a little bit. There, there, it will be a time jump at some point, and I don't know if that's like next episode or in a couple of episodes. But we <laughs> yeah, you even so, see in the trailer like the adult version of uh, Rainera. Yeah, Rainera. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, I, I looked it up, and on IMDb, at least right now, both actresses are credited for every episode, which can't be accurate because right, we don't see the, adult the older one. ones not in the, the the premiere, the opening, the pilot episode at all and you know a lot of times with tv shows that haven't aired yet imdb is not the most accurate right so it'll be interesting i you know i hope they don't just time jump and then not have the younger one in the show anymore like i'm hoping they kind of jump back and forth and we saw a little bit of that jumping back and forth just in the pilot episode where you know they're intercutting her ceremony of being named as the heir with her learning (laughs) that she's about to be the heir and also learning about you know, this, this lore that like, you know, like the, the King has to pass down to other Kings about the fucking white walkers. Um, you know, like the government, you know, every president finding out that aliens <laughs> it's a presidential are real. book of secrets, right? <laughs> right. It's like, okay. Uh, you swear the oath, you're president now, Barack. Um, now we give you the dossier about the aliens. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is going to bust through the fucking crypt and steal that dagger. He was giving to her. <laughs> right. So yeah, um, and I and I, and I love which was the, very unexpected. And it was awesome that, to that they included that, right? Yeah, and and the dagger's there the whole time. You just don't really notice it until he's like, "Oh, by the way," <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> like, "Ah, that's the thing from the other thing." Yeah. Well, and and it was great because he did the you know he, he went he, he he wanted to make sure she understood their place in the world and that they weren't special and that they weren't fucking you know because a lot of people view the Targaryens in the, in the Game of Thrones universe as like, you know, less than gods, but more than men because they have this command of the dragons. They think, you know, they have this right. innate ability to, but it's really not. It's just like, they're the one of the, they're the only family that survived from Valeria where a bunch of people train dragons to, to let them ride them, but they don't, you know, you don't fucking can. We saw plenty of times. You don't control those fucking dragons, you know, in Game of Thrones, like they, you know, they, they no, tolerate unless you're you a dwarf, and, unless you're a dwarf and you just you move very slowly and you talk very calmly to them, then they'll be like, okay, they're kind yeah, of big, they're hang. big pit bulls. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> yeah. you know, like they, they appreciate, right. you know, kind I was, souls. I was walking to the store last night and there's this one property. They have like a shitload of dogs and they have this massive Doberman. Uh, I mean, not many people have Dobermans these days, like they did back right. in like the eighties or whatever. Back back when like Dobermans were like the attack dog in like eighties. You'd be dodging movies, them you know? constantly, and like and if you if you were like trying street. to break into like the cartel's compound, you <laughs> hopped over a wall. There'd always be like a fucking Doberman there. <laughs> right. So I, I walk past this property, and the dog's like right on the other side of the fence, walking right next to me the entire time. And it's like, it's fucking huge. And I'm just looking at it. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> Didn't bark at me. But on the way home, immediately starts barking at me the whole fucking <laughs> way. Across. And I was like, that, that, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fucking predator, right? I mean, right. it's domesticated, but it's still, it, it views everybody as a potential threat that right, it could easily kill. You know, it, well, I'm sure it wasn't given like, you know, yeah, those dogs can be great if you, if you raise them, yeah. you know, not I, to be I mean, psychos. any, any purebred dog is going to have potential genetic problems and potentially be overly aggressive. So, right, yeah, whatever. right, right. So, but I mean, anyway, on to <laughs> back to dragons. Well, and, uh, but no, honestly, that's the, and, and it's funny. They even have a scene where they're kind of wrangling them and they sort of almost have this sort of sweet 
nature to them. Like, you know, they're, they're, so they like, they'll let you nuzzle them if they sort yeah. of trust you. But, well, you know, I, I love when, uh, what's, what's the main character's name? Ray, Ray, Renera, Renera, when she lands and like, she's still on the dragon, but they don't really show her. And it's just these two dragon wranglers, you know, and yeah. one's older and one's younger. And like the older ones, like, you know, like uses his staff to hold the younger one back. Like, don't don't approach it yet. It needs a second. But I love that the older one, like he's like his face looks singed. Like he, like, <laughs> like part of his job involves him that. getting That's funny. Yeah, go back and want, look at it again. He's, like his face looks singed. Like he's had to deal with like you know a blast of fire from another dragon earlier in the day, and he's just like I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rough it's, job. It's, it's implied that he's like you know. Fire has touched him. <laughs> right. Just imagine the fucking piles of dragon shit that those guys have to clean up. How big they must be. Like the size of a oh, fucking man. size of a human. Um, I think they would train them at least to shit in the ocean. <laughs> right. 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 Where they fucking, you know. Oh, God. Um, so, I yeah, do, I do like that they mentioned, though, that like the, you know, being a giant uh, reptile um, that dragons fucking stink. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, the mother tells her to go take a bath because she stinks like dragon and she's just like yeah and i i do <laughs> yeah and nice, you know, nice little detail no for sure 100 percent. and you know ultimately you know and i alluded to that you know that, that it, this being a show that's about really the lead up to to this so the targaryen civil war which was like the end of the targaryen dynasty they 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 ruled over the seven kingdoms for so long and the only reason you know it, Robert uh, Baratheon and the, and the rest of the kind of, you know, the, the Starks and and everyone else who kind of took up with them, the Boltons, who later, you know, fucking turned into dicks, uh, were able to to defeat the, the Targaryens because they were so weakened from their civil war. It was never, you know, they were never the same again. And we see the yeah. scene. Well, of it Jamie being did sown. fucking stab the king in the back. That kind yeah, of yeah, but too, I mean but... that. Yeah, I know, but it was a you know, it was a it was a kind of a foregone conclusion that the targaryen dynasty was not what it once was what you know as as we saw them like you know bef- in the in the prologue of this this show and that was like an interesting uh thing to establish that uh fucking uh was his name jaharis king jaharis selected viserys the the old guy king who's king in this show uh to be king even though it was his nephew and he had a firstborn daughter because he was establishing the precedent that it can only be passed down to males. And that's just the way that this, this, you know, regressive patriarchal society sort of uh, would accept the King. And the, the interesting thing that they mention in that prologue is that he didn't name him the heir. He let the Lords of all the other houses vote on it. And <clears throat> very Viserys, democratic king, <laughs> right? And well, but and, and I'm sure he didn't want to, but that was the only way he knew that was the only way to keep the peace. And Viserys, after his wife and son die, and he finds out that his brother, uh, you know, it potentially was in mocking that, and we'll we'll come back to that. Let's table that. Uh, it makes a very emotional, brash decision, rash decision, and just says, "Get the fuck out of here," you know. Uh, Renera is going to be the queen. I'm going to completely break this precedent. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to include anyone else in the decision because it's his right as a king. But you, he immediately, you know, that that was the 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 fate sealed for the Targaryen kind of dynasty right. in that moment. But I like how it sort of implied that he realized that he wasn't that he shouldn't have been the the nominated king, right? That right. It well, should that's, have been that's the, queen the tragedy of it is like he knew he was not the fucking one that should have been king. His sister should have been. 
And now he realizes that his daughter would make a much better ruler than his brother, his dick brother. But at the same time, they're still in a society that's never going to accept that. And now, you know, and and he he, he does it at a point out of almost uh, contempt for his brother when he's pissed off at him. So, like, you know that that's going to be the driving conflict, obviously. But you also get the sense that the brother, you know, truly cares for his daughter it's it's very but also has some creepy you know sexual tension going on too so it's, it's, it's targaryen i mean they they all right. fuck each other it's just you right. know it's just what happens but um but and that's what i was saying to you before like you know obviously he seems kind of at times cartoonishly evil and his name is damon and he's a fucking psychopath when he's right. the leader of his gold cloak no question i mean that well, what is this actor's name again matt what Matt Smith, the just Matt just Smith, yeah, completely, you know, just great bit of fucking stunt casting, the most inbred looking British man in all of Hollywood. <laughs> oh, <laughs> great well, Targaryen so casting. He has a face that I fucking hate. Like I just hate to right. look at his face. <laughs> right. So right. it's very convenient that like he often plays like some of the worst people. Like he played uh, Prince Charles's father on The Crown. <laughs> right. And it is just like the most fucking spoiled, pampered asshole. Like he's really good at playing people you don't want to like. But he's um, very I, like I always kind of found him to be super annoying, even though I haven't seen him in anything because I just knew like. I've never been a huge Doctor Who fan and, you know, no hate if anyone likes that show, no, but yeah, I just, no, never. It's, it's just yeah. not my fucking style at all. And I just saw him as this like, you know, fucking like stuffy British, like goofy, you know, Doctor Who type actor with like a really punchable face. Yeah. And I watched him in the show and I was like, oh, this dude's fucking great. Like, he's so good at, in this role. I need to see he's him in also, more shit. Um, he's also the villain in uh, the film Lost River. Uh, it was directed by Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about that. I got to watch that phenomenal film they shot like 200 hours of b-roll of of just like of detroit right and it it, like i've never seen a film that showed detroit more accurately uh what it what it really looks like (laughs) because everyone wants to like shoot the you know they'll have a film that takes place in detroit in the 60s and they'll shoot it in like you know cleveland right Right. but nobody shoots the actually shoots anything detroit ryan gosling god bless him but glad he's glad he's back i watched the gray man and it was uh, a gray movie and that it was boring, easily forgettable. But right. I mean, just was, nice to was, see him back Netflix again. fair. I mean, it was typical Netflix. Oh, action absolutely. Fair. It was like, Hey, um, here's three hot actors who will make us money. And you know, for one day, everyone will watch the same thing. Right. So, um, but yeah, no, so he, he's a very interesting character, I, I think, you know, and, and like you said, it's, you know, he's clearly like the antagonist of the series so far and, and likely to be the, the you know opposing force to Renera's kind of like you know budding you know uh yeah. whatever uh queenship or whatever but watch they kill him off in the finale of the first season and <laughs> it's just like what the well, just, and again i don't right so my you know and again i don't i haven't read any of the spoilers i don't know what happens between now and the game of thrones beginning but i'm assuming he gets banished he fucking you know will gather his own army Probably with uh, with uh, fucking the Seven Dust guy, the the uh, Corliss Valerian guy, because he seems pretty, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, like he wasn't seems that, pretty. Wasn't that a band? Seven Dust. Know, th- so they had a they had a, a singer who kind of looks like him. Yeah, oh, <laughs> with the okay. with the with the dry. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, with the dreads and shit. So he gotcha, gotcha. He um he seemed very sympathetic to his claim. Not that he really has a claim. So he seemed sympathetic to him. So I imagine he's going to be like kind of on his side more or less. And he, 
Yeah, I, I love that the council's solution to like, what do we do with this fucking psychopath? Oh, let's let him be in charge of the cops. Well, right. And the, <laughs> first, they make him in charge of all the money, and he fucks that up. So they're like, let's make him in charge of you know all the fucking whatever, and all the cops. It's like, my god, like this guy is clearly a fucking sociopath don't let him be in charge of anything important like that that could be used against the fucking king you idiots go go back to the castle with the huge fucking moon floor thing go go (laughs) right go back to your fucking wife in the veil you've been avoiding for 10 years apparently (laughs) Uh, i love he like disses on how the women there are ugly it's like we already we already kind of saw that 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 is the case (laughs) right that is for sure the case but women are ugly and breastfeed their teenagers What a fucking so, show. So, and he's great because he's like the, the least stuffy and almost sort of roguish character. So there are times where you almost kind of like start to like him, but then you realize like he's also the most malevolent. It's he's an interesting character. But then at the same time, like he does genuinely seem emotional when he's at the funeral, like, you know, trying to comfort Renera and his brother. And like, you know, he, he's, he doesn't seem like he's he doesn't love his family. Like he seems like he loves his niece and his brother who yeah. you know all his flaws always I, I, I love that um that scene in that shot because it's like obvious that people you know like they didn't know where to actually have people exactly stand right for the for the cgi dragon because if you notice that the two dragon wranglers are about to get knocked over by the dragon like they're completely in its way <laughs> right and it's right behind them about to knock them over and then they cut and then when the fucking thing blasts with the fire, there's there's people that are literally just like five feet away from that fire blast. And there's no fucking way you could <laughs> oh, physically stand. Death, right. Oh, yeah. No, just even if the fire didn't touch you, the heat surrounding right. it would be it would fucking burn you. Right. There's no way those people would stand in that spot knowing the dragon was about to do that. So. <laughs> so, yeah, clearly it was like, OK, you just stand here and then we'll have the dragon come and, you know, do whatever. And then, you know, they animated it and it was like, well, this doesn't look you know <laughs> it, it doesn't completely fit so we'll just cut it right before you know the people actually were caught on fire so um, but great reveal too with with the baby uh being oh on yeah fire that was fucking, well. I, I did not I, I was actually worried that the brother would would kill the baby like knowing that that baby would be taken you know because you hear oh yeah they already did that with ramsey bolton I, I just thought it was you know like again the reason why you and i like season eight because it was like so much more showing and not telling you know, there were scenes where people just shared a glance that said a thousand words that didn't need to be said in season eight. You know, right. like if everything else has been said already. And now we're to the point where there's nothing more to say. And we all know what's about to happen and no one can stop it. Right. So right. I, I, I love the moments like that where you just, you know, rather than, you know, like, oh, the baby's not doing so well. Oh, I hope it doesn't. You know, like you, you just cut from the baby being fine to now the baby's dead. And, and no one says anything. And that's the thing is like this. I think this this episode shared a lot of the lean sort of storytelling traits of the later seasons of Game of Thrones. And people aren't complaining because it's not, you know, the, the, they're not running up against the things that were pissing them off about the show, which they, you know, wanted to put on to, oh, lazy writing or lazy whatever. When it was, you know, really just they didn't like the direction the story was going in, which is fair you can you can not like it but that doesn't mean it's bad so like you know that's exactly i think, I think this is paced in a much there's, similar way because there's they have bands a big... i don't like that i recognize are phenomenally talented that, that just aren't for me sure. that doesn't mean they're not good <laughs> right 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 i wouldn't say you know fucking dragon force is like a technically bad band like like they play their guitar very well i would never fucking listen to one of their records like it's dull as shit to me but they sound like seven dust 
No, Dragon. Remember that <laughs> they had the fucking like. Yeah, like I know. Speed who they metal are. Know. fucking. I'm pretending you know. not to know. <laughs> they, they, was it? Was that who did the theme song for uh, fucking? Um, uh, fuck, help me out here. I don't think they did a theme song for something. I don't know. Maybe what they was, did. Who, okay, so who did the theme song for um, HBO show with the guy from Suicide Squad? With John Cena? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was some other like '80s cheesy ass band. I forgot. But it's they're like a new band, but they just do songs right. that sound like it's schlock from the 80s no dragon force is like a speed metal they're not like a schlock 80s hair metal but they, okay. they have the it same just, yeah vibe yeah. yingwei um, malmsteen sort of fucking lame ass you know <laughs> like hey i could play the, a million fucking notes a minute but none of them actually you know make you feel anything unlike slash's fucking riffs or something you know like right right there's there's something to be said about a much slower riff like a hendrix or a fucking <laughs> i don't want to say clapton because he's a fucking prick but you know like just just the great guitar players versus the technically proficient guitar players were never right. Like, you know. yeah, you can you can listen to Buckethead fucking shred like crazy, right, exactly. but like you're never gonna remember a melody or a song that no. Buckethead wrote. It's just gonna no. be like, or you can listen to Prince fucking melt your face off with just a melodic fucking right. you know sexy moody solo. That's like just unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's it's there's a big difference. Neil, Neil Young, a one note solo, <laughs> <laughs> right? Which fucking great, just a noise rock fucking. <laughs> like the same note over and over again all right way better than any fucking Yingwei malmstein horseshit so um yeah so i mean ultimately you know the show is about the beginning of the targaryen civil war and there's that great quote at the end of the prologue as like the screen cuts to black right before the whole like 172 years before daenerys targaryen thing pops up where the narrator says um the only thing that could tear down the house of the dragon was itself and that's something that's obviously evident in the first episode of the series. And that's something that's, you know, evident throughout the history of, the, of a song of ice and fire and of game of Thrones and this whole, you know, this whole world that George R. R. Martin built. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's just, it, that's the great thing about all of, all of the story is that it sort of, you know, it all rhymes. It all kind of fits together. It's all, you know, foretold and sort of like foreshadowed, but in a really prof- like well done way where it's not ham fisted. And it's like, yeah, no, that's just, you know, people talk a lot about like the the sort of like like prophecies and dreams of characters on the show coming true, but in a very like monkey's paw, paw sort of way. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, like even like the fucking dream that Viserys, the king, talks about, about, you know, he saw his son being born and there's like a clash of of like steel and hooves and, you know, the bells are tolling and there's like black it, it, like all this stuff. And you see that it really was he had a dream about Renera. Like all that happened with Renera. Like there's, you know, when she's standing at the steps, at, you know, at the foot of the Iron Throne, and there's bells tolling and and fucking dragons roaring in the background, and it's intercut with the with the uh, with the tournament going on. It's a, it's very much like always kind of the monkey's paw version of whatever these people, you know, right. are foretold in their visions and shit like that. Well, and I, and I love that this show, and when I say this show, I mean all of Game of Thrones, right. also dabbles in prophecies that are completely false, right? Right. Or, or have a grain of truth, but somebody misunderstands it. Right. Like the Red, Red Witch, one of my favorite characters uh, in all of Game of Thrones, because she has this, this 
this prophecy or this ideology religion that she believes in so much she's willing to burn children at the stake alive for nothing but right. then it turns out that this lord lord of light is actually real and nobody really knows what the fuck it is and they never explain it i love that i love when mythology is hinted at but never fully explained you know and, and especially during the you know the long night battle of winterfell she lights all those swords on fire, but then when she tries to light the logs on fire, it doesn't happen immediately. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, wh- why hath my God forsaken me now? Right. <laughs> you know, and, and we don't know either. But that's that's the thing is she's having this internal crisis where she doesn't know what the fuck she's supposed to do to, to please this God. It's apparently fickle about who it saves and who it brings back to life. And, and does this God really even have a plan? Because apparently there's old gods and new gods and... Who knows which one is the right one? You right. Know? Remember how fucking long it took to bring John back to life? Like you, she really thought like ah, fuck right. it. Into, she left her. I think she leaves the room right, and then he wakes up like after the fact. Oh yeah, no, it's it's like he. Everyone leaves. Everyone. She she does. And then cut, he just know, cuts his hair and like ends. lights the fucking hair on fire and says the words. And right. Nothing happens, and you know then then ghost is like, and then you're like, oh, no, he's, <laughs> he's he's gonna be better now because of course oh, the man. the wolf's gonna know. The wolf's gonna sense it. By the way, also season six, people shit talk that one of the great moments in fucking television history when because we didn't know that he was coming back. Like we we knew, but like. That was that hadn't that still hasn't been written yet. That's in the book that fucking George R. R. Martin still hasn't released. So like, <laughs> no one really has become and, a fucking sports writer, <laughs> right? Right, never fucking will. So uh, yeah, no, I'd rather write fifteen more fucking lore books about like tangential Game of Thrones characters and finish the books that everyone wants me to write. And I've been paid he's for obligated them. to you know just do what you want. Like if you don't want to finish the books, like you don't. I, th- I don't I, care. I think it the bummed him out that he that he wanted to finish before the series ended, and he didn't. So now it's like, well, they kind of spoiled what I wanted to do, and now it's like, why am I going to torture myself for you know a year well, and a half to finish every, this book that everyone knows? Everyone's what's like, happen. well, if the if the if he would have written the books, it would be totally different and better. And it's like, no, they he had an outline for all this shit. The, what happens in the show is exactly what he told. The HBO producers that would have been in those books, right? He gave them. He had meetings. They had outlines. Like it's not so. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah. So I yeah yeah. I, it's ridiculous. But, um. But no. Great moment in fucking television history. John coming back to life. Uh. So, you know. Fuck it, you, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> fucking little prick. Glad he got fucking hung. <laughs> Ooh, shouldn't hang a kid. Fuck you. I mean that kid. If any kid deserved to get hung, it was fucking that old that little bitch. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well. So, but so you know, you mentioned the the kind of creators, the 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 two D's, David and whatever the fuck the other. Or I think they were both Davids, maybe Benioff and Weiss, and um, yeah, that they were kind of the most divisive figures. And I and I don't think that they were as bad as people said they were. I also don't think that they were necessarily responsible for all of the great. I, I think they, they they put together a very good team. And, you know, they they sort of oversaw everything, but you really see the difference in quality, uh, you know, in some of the later episodes of like a Miguel Sapochnik, who is the director or excuse me, the showrunner and executive producer of this show. show. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the two D's are not involved at all in this, um, which, you know, I, I'm sure they would have been fine in this, but I, guess, I think it was, it was just a matter of like too divisive to the fandom to bring back it's but you know it's because what, they have this whatever. little this little five minute epk inside the episode segment after each episode so everyone was keenly aware of the, the two d's the showrunners so it was like oh they 
you know, they the, the Hillary Clinton of the show didn't get to, you know, get in the White House. It's those two white men's fault. They <laughs> right. wouldn't let her sit on the Iron Throne. And I honestly so, think like that is maybe the biggest source of the hatred for, you know, things not ending right. Or it's guys that were just like, well, John didn't want the Iron Throne. So like I didn't get the Lord of the Rings Return of the King ending that I wanted to. So like no, you, you had like two very uh, bad type of people not getting that ending they wanted who both were like yep bad writing <laughs> right and so and so miguel sapochnik though a fucking amazing choice to be the show on this show directed some of the greatest episodes of game of thrones he directed mm-hmm. uh hard home in season five which was that amazing episode where they first kind of encounter like the, the mass horde of white walkers like out of really, nowhere the first daylight battle we have on the show there was there was the battle at the wall which was i think the season before that but that was was that his uh, episode as well or no i don't think he started directing on the show until season five i think no hard home yeah. was like one of his first episode which is incredible like that he fucking put together that amazing set piece and yeah, that was and the one where it's, they don't win too it's terrifying You're no like, they oh almost fucking all die they just <laughs> they get away because of this fucking like chasm that opens between them and the fucking walkers and then you see i, I think that was the episode that ends with like the night king kind of staring john <laughs> down from across the fucking the lake or whatever yeah well that's <laughs> the, the first time you see him reanimate people too and you're just like oh my god oh, right yeah that's that was when he lived yeah he reanimates it's the all meme. the fucking it's dead the meme. <laughs> right the fucking yeah <laughs> you know and that's when you first bro. realize that even though he doesn't talk he has a sense of humor because that, <laughs> right that, that, that he's he's a sassy little bitch like that's when you realize <laughs> it's, it's the first time you see the night king smile and you're just like <laughs> he knows what power he has that's so right cool. And then the next season, he directed The Battle of the Bastards, which, for my money, may be the best episode of the show, certainly within the top two or three episodes, and The Winds of Winter, the season six finale. Just technically, like, I I don't know how they shot some of that stuff, and I went to film school, so, like... Right, it's just incredible fucking feat of of just accomplishment, and in... um, In the final season, he directed uh, The Long Night, which, you know, maybe... Maybe also the best episode, certainly in the top two. I think it's the best episode of television ever published. Yeah, it might be. That's what I mean. The way I felt, I've never been so terrified and invested in in like emotionally emotionally manipulated by an episode of television. It was it was um, seriously the Super Bowl. It was like watching your favorite fucking childhood like football team. The videos, the people. It was like people reacting to the World Cup every time there'd be a goal. It was like you know. I, you know, and it took five weeks to shoot that single episode. I mean, just like, could, I can't imagine somebody watching that and being like, oh, it's too dark. Like, really? That's your fucking complaint? Like, <laughs> right. I don't know. No, turn it, your it, fucking monitor up if you don't know how to calibrate right. your monitor. Turn your lights you off. Like, or just turn your lights off. Like, it, it, it's a lot easier to see. Um, it's it's fucking medieval times and it's at night. What where the fuck do you think the light's coming from? Right. <laughs> um but just absolutely fucking incredible, you know, the, the Arya coming from behind and doing the fucking the juke move on the Night King, maybe one of the great moments in TV history. Um and yeah, he directed just, just 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 the yes, yes, oh my god, no, no, yes, yes of that of that moment. Right. Was <laughs> Right, right, right. You think she's going to get him, and then he catches her by the throat. You're like, no, fuck, he's going to fucking kill her. And, and yeah, and she pulls that awesome little fucking drop move to, that, you know, Star Wars ripped off for, with, yeah. with, with the lightsaber a couple oh, of years th- later. Th- then there's that other complaint. Sorry to bitch about this, but, like, the complaint of people going, well, what was the point of Arya learning how to change faces if she didn't have to, you know, it's like, uh, do you forget that she fucking murdered two pedophiles? 
Right. That's by, like by literally that, how she avenged yeah. the deaths of her entire family. But <laughs> literally, literally, she kills the fucking guy who like wants to rape twelve year old girls, and then she kills the fucking uh, what's his name, Walter Frey. Is, right. Who is basically just marrying off his you know twelve year old daughters, which basically is you know well and was behind the fucking red wedding who you know which which slaughtered most of her right. fucking family you know right right other than John. But yeah it's like what what do you think face popping is gonna do when the fucking white walkers who want to kill all <laughs> right. people are here like what what advantage does that give you Dude, really... she'll face swap with a dragon and then she'll take on the dragon's <laughs> yeah just like the dumbest things that like you clearly haven't thought much about the things you like or don't like he also but, uh, and and but and Winds of Winter, I believe, is the episode where Cersei blows up the Sept of Baelor, which is another um, incredible fucking episode. Oh, just in the music, the music that plays over that scene. Uh, same composer that did most of this episode. I I don't have his name in front of me. It's but like Rami Jihad. Yeah, he's he's been the composer th- through the entire series. He's fucking incredible. incredible music in this episode too. Um, I forget what you know what segment. Oh no, it's it's the end essentially where. Uh, Viserys is like explaining to her that she's going to be the queen, right? And it's intercut, and there's this just gorgeous piano melody playing throughout that. Should look up that track when I get a chance. Yeah, it was. I'm sure. I don't think it's been released yet, but it's. It was very, you know. Evocative oh, I'm sure of, it's on YouTube somewhere. Oh, no, the scene, I'm sure, is. But uh, yeah, it's. You know, it's very evocative of like that. There's just that that incredible, haunting, eerie score that we always would get when they'd be in the crypts of of King's Landing or of, of the Crypts of Winterfell. It's a very similar, what's, you know, so number vibe. What's the, the name of the, the dragon that with the huge fucking skull in the basement? Valerian, is that it? I believe it's Valerian, yeah. It's some yeah, it's some ancient yeah, I probably like the biggest dragon ever or some shit, you know. Like, so they didn't really explain this in the episode, but on HBO's website for the show, it says that Viserys, the current king, was the last person to ride Valerian. So when he's down there in that basement, like soul searching with his giant skull, he flew that dragon. Right. He was the last person to. And I didn't really pick up on that, but it's almost kind of like a, you know, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, kind of a kind I, of a thing I, I, that I didn't believe, really come across. And I believe to kind of take it full circle, that was the dragon that Aegon the Conqueror, or whoever took over King's Landing, I believe it was Aegon the Conqueror who took over King's Landing, yep. rode into, you know, to... to into conquest or whatever. And then he's the last right. one to sort of ride it before it finally the, died. Exactly. So on the website, it, it mentions the two of them were the notable riders of that dragon. So <laughs> it's almost kind of like the, apparently there's know, like he, 15 fucking dragons in this season. They all have names and fucking personality. Like I'm never going to remember that shit, but oh yeah, there's <laughs> but a gold one and a red one. That's right, all I fucking know. Right. <laughs> right. The red one's like yeah. Cyrax or some shit. The one that, uh, that Renera rides. Yeah, that, yeah. That's probably about it. They're also it. not that big. I mean, notice they're, they're much smaller than, uh, the full size of, uh, Daenerys's dragon. Well, so I'm and sure we're going to see bigger ones too, though. But a lot of, there's a lot of, and I think they even mentioned this in game of Thrones that keeping them in the dragon pits and sort of penned up sort of stunted their growth more or less like yeah. Daenerys sort well, of letting um, them roam around, let them get to this incredible fucking size that they yeah. got to. I'm, I'm sure they will, you know, kind of play into that more as the series goes on. I mean, have they, and, have they and, said how many seasons of the show is going to be? No, yet, which is, is great. Just... Cause they, it, it's, it, you don't know like when it's going to end. So that's also kind of good and interesting, but yeah, the, I, and that was the other thing they actually kind of mentioned on Game of Thrones is that the reason a lot of the dragons eventually dies because they were not meant for captivity. They weren't meant to be caged up and kept in, right. you know, and that was the, the, the great thing about 
kind of Daenerys's journey with them is that she did try to keep them caged up at first and she realized that wasn't what should be done and you get to the point where she eventually does let them sort of you know roam just free. roam the land killing goats and children <laughs> right but <laughs> you know they like, want to just, do. just sporadically one or two like you know not too many yeah. Just, you know, if a baby dies, just come see the queen. We'll fucking give you some gold or some shit. Right, just we'll make it right. Just, it. just, just, yeah. <laughs> Sign this NDA, please, and we'll, we'll throw some coins your way. Um, that's, but, I mean, you know, all the people, all the people too, who just, you know, all the heel turn people. You know, like, did they remember when she first became like the the queen of that city, and then like immediately have it had a kid put to death, like on right. purpose, like just right. had him executed for like some menial crime. You know, to to prove how strong she was, and the crowd immediately turns on her and starts rioting and throwing shit at her. It's just, right. it's just like, like literally, it's fucking Hillary Clinton. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So yeah, I mean, you know, I think we talked about most of the interesting characters. I kind of wanted to touch on Damon. You know, again, very interesting character. I I think he he's going to be. He he did give me a little bit a little bit of Jamie Lannister vibes. Although I do think he's going to have a little bit darker of a turn because I imagine he's going to be the opposing force to the sort of protagonist Renera that we sort of as a show is, or would be probably rooting for, but he, he, he does contain multitudes. It's not a one dimensional character. It's not a Joffrey Baratheon, you know, and again, Joffrey Baratheon, great all time villain for a TV show, but not a lot of depth to that character. Just, just uh, the most insufferable little cunt you've ever met. I don't have his name in front of me, but the actor Mm. who plays him has uh, so much more depth as a human being. Um, He went, I watched some lecture he did, not a lecture. It was like a, uh, I forget what it was. It was like a bunch of British people at a university, like in a room with books and he was just talking, but he was like, he was, he was like talking about some Marxist shit. Oh, and wow. it, it seemed like he kind of like had just learned it because he's still young. Right. But was just basically like he, he wasn't that good at public speaking. So I kind of felt for him that he was kind of struggling with trying, trying out what he was trying to say. But he was like really talking about the, you know, in, like real imperialism and inequality and colonialism and like the, the lasting effects of it. And, you know, what That's needs great. to happen That's awesome. to change those things. And I was like. This is not the fucking King Joffrey I know. What the hell is this shit? <laughs> well, yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, he, again, you know, was a one-dimensional character, but he's also very true to life to a lot of, you know, rich kids of, of, of kids of rich and powerful people. Like, it, I don't think that that was a character oh, that was True to life to, to child very, kings. Like, if right, you, <laughs> very fucking accurate, you know? <laughs> like, if people don't realize that, like, all this shit is based on real life kings and queens. You sure. know, like Caligula. You know, you know, think about the em- emperor of Rome, Caligula. He was so obsessed be- with like the, the idea of siring a male heir. Like you got to realize like half of all babies died in childbirth. Right. Right. Back then, even if you were a king and had the best doctors, you might struggle to, you know, get a wife to have a baby that is a boy that grows up to the age of, you know, 12 when you can be king <laughs> right, or whatever. Right. And th- there literally were, there were kings and queens that weren't even 10 years old yet. It was it was that much of like an obsession with the bloodline and maintaining power. So Caligula, who they've been, you know, he's considered to be like one of the like the most brutal uh, Roman emperors. But uh, when his wife couldn't bear him a male son, uh, he uh, his his eldest sister, he knocked her up. She dies during childbirth and he immediately starts trying to fuck his other two sisters who <laughs> like the first apparently the first sister was fine with it and the other two were not. And he did not care about that. 
And this was this was not at a time that like, you know, incest was considered OK by anybody either. It wasn't like the Targaryens where it's like, yeah, we can do a little bit of that. This was like, you know, such a huge thing when he was willing to, you know, gross out the entire kingdom of Rome by fucking his sisters trying to make a boy son. <laughs> right. So so when you see shit like, you know, the awful, uh, you know, childbirth, you know, forced C-section scene in this in the show, it's, you know, like. There was shit like this has happened all the time. And it's not gratuitous. I don't think it was gratuitous. I, I had some quotes here I wanted to read uh, from the showrunner um, about that scene and right. some of the reactions to it. It's just, uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, before you even get into that, I mean, even to call it gratuitous in a day and age where we're seeing the fucking Supreme Court basically take us to a, to a point where we're a few steps away from actual. I mean, we're first of all, we're already in an era where forced birth is a thing, but where where you know we're we're gonna be seeing like four C sections in in some fucking bumblefuck states where it's like, well yeah probably should you know just abort this kid because you're having yeah. an ectopic pregnancy and it's like no need to cut it out of you like it, it's I, we're yeah not far I, away it, from it, this it, it was a little weird to watch that scene especially because a uh, friend of the show um uh, periodic guests uh, Jules. Uh, just had a elective C-section uh, yesterday. Right. So, congratulations, like, uh, by the way. If you're congratulations to her. Um, she is fine, healthy uh, son. Um, I, I don't know why she had an elective C-section, if there was a medical reason or it was just, you know, timing or whatever, but whatever, that's 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 totally fine. Uh, but literally, like, I, I had just, like, sent her a message on Facebook saying, you know, hey, hope everything goes great tomorrow. And then I put on the show and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was oh, like, I, I sincerely hope this is not what it is like for our friend. Um, Sorry, I hope she's not watching this either. <laughs> like to, to kind of get uh, yeah, calm her I'm, down I'm before the. <laughs> sure. I'm sure she I don't think she's ever watched Game of Thrones for one because it's a, it is a very white show. Um, but, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure she went to bed early and had other things to, to think about that night. But um, so just just a couple quotes here from the director, uh, Miguel. Sapochnik. Um, da, 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 I'm skipping past a part that you already kind of touched on here. So uh, he says, I know it may sound extreme, but we wanted it to be difficult to watch, talking about the, the C-section scene. We wanted people to remember that, no matter what they thought of Viserys, he did this, and he can never take it back. Right. Uh, it is the story's inciting incident and needed to be strong and unflinching. It's quite hard to think now. Um, oh, this is actually from the, the the woman who was the actress that played the uh, the the mother. It's quite hard to think now as a woman to put yourself in her position. It's so vulnerable, and to think that's what you are—just simply a vessel for childbirth, right? And that's you know, she even has that scene with her daughter in the chair, saying, you know, our the the birthing chair is our battleground, right? Right, and and it's you know, again, it's. Like this, the show is not showing things that are good to entertain you. They're showing things that are awful. Or I'm, I'm sorry. They're, they're showing you things that you should not like. You're not supposed to be like, ah, look what happened to her. You're supposed to be horrified. It is trying to to show you things that are fucking real. And I would argue the original show crossed the line from, you know, reality to uh, gratuitousness, especially with some of the torture scenes at Theon. Oh, God. That, those, you know, that, not that, the, not that it shouldn't be there on a rewatch, but those those were gratuitous. There, like, yeah, there were some scenes that I was like, they, they need they could have cut this by 10 percent and I would have been much happier with the amount of time. Um, 
so yeah, he, he said his goal, uh, the director, Zbachnik, the showrunner, said his goal was, quote, not to shy away from what was happening, but also not be sensational, right? And they they began by, quote, slowly whittling away what was too much or felt gratuitous or a repeat beat, right? So they, I mean, there was there was more that they shot and they were like, okay, what, you know, let's let's watch this and what feels right versus what feels too much. And finally, the showrunners played the scene for as many women as possible to get their feedback. And he says, quote, we were anxious not to get it wrong. And unanimously, the feedback was positive. He said, uh, quote, some women felt it wasn't violent enough. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's interesting. And that shows, you know, always kind of towed that line. And I mean, even I, I don't remember if this was five or six. It all sort of blurs together. But the the scene where. You know, at the, where Sansa and Ramsay end up getting married and then, you know, he rapes her on their wedding night. Uh, it, you know, that was such a fucking divisive scene at the time. That was, I think, the first time I really, you know, you started to see the think pieces and like the cracks were showing of like people not being able to take the show. And again, I don't think that that scene was gratuitous. I think that was an important storytelling yeah. beat for all of those characters. And I mean, I think the only complaint about that show that I probably agree with is that it wasn't shot in the best way like it could have been you know more focus could have been given to Sansa versus like Theon's kind of sort of reaction to it but outside Mm. of that yeah I mean I feel like that's you know as a filmmaking device showing someone's reaction to something that you think is too violent to show is sort of like here's how we can cheat a little bit but I, I understand why they would do that but I mean really to me the only thing that matters is is you know, do the actors involved think it's gratuitous? Are they are they uncomfortable performing on screen right. what they're being asked to perform? I don't care if you know what the audience thinks. If I like it or don't like it, is very secondary to you know what what the act you know what she felt like on the set. And and I have read some things that she has said that she didn't like doing that scene and you know that that i'm sure i mean it's not a pleasant scene I, but like she didn't like the way it was kind of handled i don't know exactly what it was or, or if it was just like you know like i can only do this so many takes and i'm being asked to do this more takes that i'm comfortable mm. with because i mean you've right. seen that video of her when it's it's theon's like uh funeral scene and yeah. she's worked herself up to the point where she's actually crying and they're showing her she's crying in between takes so she clearly knows how to uh, you know, to get herself to, in an emotional place to actually cry or by thinking about like some kind of real trauma that's happened in her life. Uh, and, you know, if you do that, you if you really have to go to that place emotionally to do that, you might be like, OK, I can only, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, the director's like, well, we want to get a couple more takes to do whatever. So I don't know. I mean, clearly it's it's, it's a scene it's that's tough. simulated. I mean, it's not real, but she. You know, Sophie Turner, like as as we've seen, is somebody who, you know, has to kind of method act to, to to give the performance that she does. Right, and she's incredible at it. So it's 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 also, I mean, total side note, not important, but it's crazy that she hasn't been cast in more shit. Like all these, you know. I think she doesn't just... want to. I, I think after the last X Men movie, she was just like, "Fuck it, oh, I married God. a rock star. I don't want to act." <laughs> right, and I'm sure she has. So gajillion dollars from doing game of thrones so it's like whatever you know i don't need to deal with this shit anymore yeah and 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 honestly like i 
I've always said this, that my favorite actors are not the ones who can completely transform themselves in every role the way that Philip Seymour Hoffman does or Daniel Day-Lewis does. My favorite actors are the ones who just basically, you know, for, make me forget that they're acting. Right. And I never I never feel like I'm watching an actor with her. You know, I just I feel like I'm just watching a person that is just reacting to everything that's actually right. happening, you know. Right. Um it, it, I, I will say though, just to just to touch back on Rory McCann, because I was watching some of season six last last night. Uh-huh. And you know, he's he, he he one of the great things they did in the original was making you think that he had been killed off too and not bringing him back for like two seasons. Real and then he comes back time, and you're and he comes back and he's it's just like, oh, thank God. But he isn't really an actor. Like, he's semi-transient, has only been in, like, three things, and will, like, live on a boat and be a carpenter for his, like, main job. <laughs> his main <laughs> job. Awesome. And he was actually, his first acting job was on the film Willow. Willow in 1988. Wow. And he got fired as as a background actor because he kept laughing during the takes because <laughs> he thought that like everything there he thought there was things that were they were filming that were so ridiculous he couldn't not laugh at it That's so awesome. he got fired <laughs> he really is the fucking mountain or the uh the the hound basically like, he really is he, the fucking yo he really place. is he really is that guy That's i amazing. mean he really is the guy that says twat and cunt all the time and constantly right. is you know not taking the fucking job seriously fuck the That's king awesome. you know <laughs> That's fucking. Because I, I was just like, yeah, why have I never seen him in anything else? Right. You know? Like, I think he was in Hot Fuzz, but I could be wrong. He looks. He was. Like, yep. Okay. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. Another that thing was, he was in, but also. But, a small but this is like right, very small role. So that's that's funny. Um. Yeah. That, no, he's great. Yeah. So and, and again, you know, thinking about all this again, it's amazing how many characters are left alive that we absolutely love from Game of Thrones. And and when you think about the fact that they're going to make the kind of Jon Snow sequel series, hopefully, because I mean, again, I don't want to jinx it. Fucking WB. You know, Warner Brothers Discovery is is just the most fucking obnoxiously capitalist merger I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I've never I don't think anyone's this is an unprecedented level of just fucking manipulating numbers and destroying fucking creators works for, you know, fractions of a fucking point for the stock. Yeah, it's really gross, but there there is no limit. There's no limit to like just. Like 200 episodes of Sesame Street, they canceled to not pay residuals to the fucking, you know, Henson estate. Like, you know, just, just <laughs> tremendous, like just a bunch of fucking, I don't know if you saw that, that one Twitter thread of that one animator who had that animated show that they just canceled and like deleted. And they're like, I don't even have copies of this. Like, I don't have any way to show this to my kid. It was just really, it's, it's really fucking heartbreaking shit to like put your heart and soul into something for years of your life. In a, in a show or a movie and then just have them be like yeah you know maybe this is good maybe people like this but we could take the tax write off and i don't really give a shit you know it's not gonna make me 50 billion dollars so i'm gonna just fucking right if, if it's already fucking shot and made just put it on streaming it doesn't cost you anything right so like just <laughs> i wouldn't yeah I, I i think they're beginning they're sealing their fate as a company because Anyone, no fucking creator in their right mind would ever do a project with Warner Bros. Discovery at this point. I mean, you'd have to be a fucking moron to to initiate a new project. With so, does, uh, just to clarify, does Warner Brothers own HBO? So, yes, well, uh, yes, Time Warner, I believe, owned HBO. Or, or they own like a percentage of HBO. No, no. Is so, so Time Warner owned HBO. Gotcha. Discovery okay. acquired Time Warner. 
And so now the whole umbrella is under. Now I think Game of Thrones luckily is safe because it's, I mean, we saw another fucking incredible success. 10 million viewers during the live watch. They think that's like 20%. They think it's going to ultimately be about 50 million viewers after all the on-demand stuff's taken into account. So yeah, just numbers you never see for any TV shows anymore. This is like 1950s television numbers, you know, for, for watching this. Um, so I don't think they're in any trouble of being any, you know, danger of being canceled. That's a very big cash cow for them. But I mean, all the little shows that like HBO Max has been a fucking great network, you know, despite their user interface, they produce great original oh, documentaries. God. The worst trying yeah. to find where to watch Game of Thrones live on HBO Max is impossible. Yeah. Like you basically have to just wait till like five minutes after it starts. And then, and then the on demand episode, right? Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's there somewhere, but they don't let you find it. It's awful. No, it's awful. But but the content they actually make is fucking great. Like HBO Max is, you know, and the original series, Peacemaker was great. Like there's a bunch of great, you know, original content, but it's just now that it's in in the hands of this fucking guy, you know, who's running Discovery. It's just like, I don't, I think that's. They've let Netflix, you know, kind of come back from the dead in the in the fucking, you know, in the thirteenth round or whatever. Like just like mm. just by war of attrition, well, almost. You know, I mean, I, I read a thing that they said they were not going to have gratuitous sex or violence in the show, and I was like, what do you think that we tune in for? Like, <laughs> right. Like, I, mean, I think that, know, that's probably. That's, I'm saying that jokingly. Like, I, you know, it, it should always be appropriate. Does it serve the story, or is it just like, hey, look, look at all the fucking. You know, and I think this episode was like, uh, yeah, there's going to be tits. There's going to be blood. <laughs> Don't right. worry. This is still Game of Thrones. I mean, let's not get <laughs> this crazy. This is still HBO. There's still a guy um, getting his dick chopped off, you know, 20, 20 minutes into the episode. Right. Which, yeah, uh, speaking of brutal, that fucking scene where they go and just, you know, they, where, where the cops are cops. Like, they fucking. The cops, yeah. I mean, the show itself is basically saying fuck 12. I, I, mean, <laughs> right, I, I, right. I love that they're not making a, you know, like, th- this is who <laughs> they fucking. This is who the police are. This is Cops how you cop, right. uh, save the city. But that's but, a- but again, it's it like there's there's always going to be somebody that's going to watch that mm-hmm. and not realize that the show is not presenting that as being morally good. And and I had a little blurb here uh, from someone named Sophie Gilbert. So I mean, you know, she's British. Uh, and this was, of course, <laughs> this is all right. I'll just read the title first. The glaring flaw at the heart of House of the Dragon. And um, you can guess who this was published on the Atlantic, (laughs) (laughs) the most the most CIA of rags. And you would think that the CIA would love shows about torture, but it turns out they they only want to be able to do that themselves. They they, they want to be portrayed as like noble and like necessary, not as like barbaric (laughs) and gruesome like it actually is and and totally unnecessary and pointless. We want shows to glorify violence, not shows that make it morally ambiguous. (laughs) Right. So she writes, this is, this is just like, we, even if you didn't know someone's British, just like listen to her word choices. And it's uh-huh. so fucking British. It just annoys me. As a TV watching audience, we proved remarkably resilient to the incestuous relationships Game of Thrones offered up in the past. It helped that Jon Snow appeared to be reasonably nauseated by the idea of making love to his aunt once he knew she was his aunt. But I can't help wondering whether HBO would launch a mind-bendingly expensive show in its new Sunday night 
as its new Sunday night anchor about a royal dynasty in which siblings hoard power by marrying one another, sometimes in polyamorous thruples. Okay, first of all, it's oh, not called a thruple. God. It's a triad. I, 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 okay? I thought we had left that word in 2019. I really did not think we were going to be Thruple is a that. word that news anchors who don't fuck their single partner made up about people who actually have multiple partners. Right. If it's three people in a single relationship, it's called a triad. I can tell you as somebody who's been in polyamorous relationships, not a triad. I've never been in a triad where it was like just the thing, but like there's a hierarchy in other polyamorous relationships. Anyway, if viewers weren't already demonstrably attached to the intellectual property at hand, the default defense George R.R. Martin offered whenever Game of the Thrones offended people was that Everything he conceived really happened in our world at one time or another. Intermarriage among nobility falls under that same rubric. Uh, As my colleague Megan Garber explored in 2017, an incest in literature can offer authors a vehicle for probing issues of insularity, narcissism, and violation. But on television, in a show so entirely preoccupied with spectacle, there's much less space for psychological subtlety. Like, yes, there is space for psychological subtlety. It's just that you're too dumb to pick up on it. It's 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 a show that's smarter than its audience. And that's I, always been the problem with this is that most people who that really like it will get it. But a lot of people don't because they are not cinematically literate. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's part of the issue. And I think part of it is just like people like this just get paid to like the, the at this point, the places like the Atlantic, they want clicks. They'll come up with a premise. Oh yeah. Like yeah. we need a bad review for the show. Everyone's giving it a good review. Who wants to write it? Right. And then the lowest bidder gets it and they just have to come up with a reason why it was bad. And they'll just, cause, every, cause they know, they know everyone's going to click on the article that trashes the thing sure. that they, they actually like. Right. It's like, what the fuck didn't you like about this? And they're going to read it and then they make more money. So it's just, it's just you know, it's trash clickbait, but right. whatever. I just so, wanted to provide an example of, once again, somebody missing the fucking point. <laughs> right. So, yeah, incredible episode. Uh, I can't wait to see what's to come. You know, the, the preview for the what in the weeks ahead would looked incredible. Uh, and it looks like we're going to get some pretty big battles. So that should be really interesting. Um, I don't can't know. Have what... to wait till the fourth season to actually see a battle. <laughs> right. Right. You know, <laughs> you don't like see a... the main character get knocked out in the first fucking seconds of it. And then right. wake up Oh, and here's the still... battle. Knocked out. That was cut great. To black. You're like, wait, wait, where was, was the battle? I, I got to give it to them. That was a very clever way of getting around the fact that you had no budget. It's just like, let him get fucking knocked they, out. I, you know, but it's still, it's like, how do you not have a budget? You're in your second season. Yeah. Or, or maybe it was, the, maybe it was still the that first was... season. No, it had to it, have been. No, it was Blackwater was second season. So that was second season. Battle of Blackwater. No, but that was wait. I'm going? pretty sure what it. I mean, look. Ultimately, they didn't have a huge budget. They had they had a lot of no. Wait, they did that twice. Remember, they did that twice because they go to the, there's that fucking battle out in the middle of like the the grass field where we first meet uh, the the father Lannister where he's carving up the deer. Oh yeah, they did yeah. the same thing. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. What I'm thinking of is, is when Tyrion gets knocked out at the beginning of that battle, of Blackwater, and then wakes up and it's over. Right, but this, they did that two different times. I, I forgot. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's some fucking lazy writing. If you want to talk, how about do we? That. Yeah, if you want to talk um, about bad writing, it's like how can we not shoot at the actual battle? Oh, knock the dwarf out. 
Right. That was great though. <laughs> great, 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 great bit of fucking humor to get around it. Um, so yeah, I no, I I love this show. I I you know, and again, I was not when we when the when we saw the first trailer for it, I I think we both were kind of like, ah, eh, looks, you know, I guess we'll we'll see, sort of thing. And like I it, this blew away all of my expectations with so I'm very pleasantly surprised and like I I never like we'd not really talked at all about reviewing the show in the run up to it because it was like sort of so-so promotion and marketing and like the trailers didn't make it look as you know as yeah, good as it was I, gonna I, be the first trailer i i definitely was just like meh and then the second one that came out the, the more recent one was, was like all right this looks a lot better but they were they also released it very close to the start date too so it was, was comic-con like, it was like in july it was like barely yeah, you know a month ago so. exactly um yeah but i agree that second trailer yeah i was i was just like no they're gonna they're gonna fucking hit it out of the park with this and i'm glad that they they did. I mean, it, it ticked off all the boxes, right? And it was right. like, you know, it wasn't shirking away from uh, difficult subject matter to, you know, cater to, uh, I don't know, post me to, uh, or just, you know, or, audience, just or just lean but... into the Game of Thrones backlash and like try to, you know, sign the shit that <clears throat> Star Wars did, where they like had a great fucking challenging movie that a bunch of man babies pissed their diapers over, and then so they t- did a total one eighty. Right, and, and then they the wrote it by fest. by uh, fucking like like fanfic fucking you know movie and like so I'm very glad that the guys who you know, and, and people who were behind the show didn't you know have that that inkling because these were people that worked on the original Game of Thrones and understood the magic of it. Um, so I'm right. glad that this came out and when, as good when as they it shopped did. around that scene to show people you know here's this awful scene. What do you think? I'm sure they were not you know, showing it to like focus groups. I'm sure they were showing it to people that actually knew about filmmaking right. and, you know, knew about storytelling <laughs> right? instead of just going like, Hey, what's, what's the general fucking low information voter think about this? <laughs> right. Right. The worst so. way to fucking make any kind of art. So yeah. All right. So I, and again, so I, you know, we not really talked about reviewing this, but I mean, I really think we do need to, I don't know what it's going to look like if we do it every other week or every we'll, we'll figure that out because, you know, just our schedule, yeah. my schedule especially is really weird. But, you know, I, I, I will we'll, we'll talk about it off air, but we certainly will be reviewing in part all of these episodes, you know, in some form, whether it's at the end of our episode or the regular cast or every other week. We'll figure yeah, that I mean, out. It's but. more fun to talk about you know, the awfulness of fictional politics than the awfulness of real life politics. So we'll, right. we'll, what we'll we, see how it goes. Right. Exactly. I mean, every, we, we can only talk about how much money we've given to the Ukraine every fucking week before I'm just, you know, <laughs> ramming a fucking screwdriver in my ear. But, uh, you know, this, this, this was fucking great. I, I love this episode. I can't wait to watch the rest of the show. And, uh, yeah. So I think that pretty much does it for us this week, but mm-hmm. if you want to, uh, support the show, rate, review, and subscribe, you can check out our regular show in the same feed, Move Left Idiots, where we talk about politics from a socialist communist perspective every week. Um, follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, uh, facebook.com slash move left idiots, patreon.com slash move left. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. And I'm on Twitter at bike slut. Yeah, see you next time. Hey!